Christmas at the movies, and you probably received a handout when you walked through the doors by our beautiful greeters today, and today is about It's a Wonderful Life. Some of you know what that means. Come on, preach back there. That's awesome. That's right. Teacher says, teacher says every time, I'm going to put that there, a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. I saw something before we get started. I thought this was pretty funny. It said, it said forget the mistletoe, dangle a cheeseburger over me, and I am all yours. That'll preach right there. I thought that was cool. So today we're going to be looking in the book of Matthew. And if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn there, I put the scriptures in uh, this handout. You can look there. It will also be on the screen. As we go to the movies today, we're going to take a look at the life. And I I think this is probably one of the greatest classic Christmas movies there is uh, of all time. It's called It's a Wonderful Life. It's starring uh, Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. And uh, I have a, a video clip that I want to show you. This, this kind of give you the synopsis in case you've lived on Mars or someplace and you've never seen the movie. This will give you just a brief, brief illustration of It's a Wonderful Life. Let's watch. Suppose it's better if I've never been born at all. What'd you say? I said I wish I'd never been born. You've got your wish. You've never been born. A chance to see what the world would be like without you. Now, you're Ernie Bishop, and you live in Bailey Park with your wife and kid. That's right, isn't it? I live in a shack in Potter's Field, and I ain't never seen you before in my life. I'm going home and see my wife and family. This house ain't been lived in for 20 years. Your brother, Harry Bailey... Broke through the ice and was drowned at the age of nine. You weren't there to save Harry. Strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. You really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? Get me back. I don't care what happens to me. I want to live again. Merry Christmas! Happy New Year to you! the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. I know you feel better already. That's got to make you feel really good. So there were many events that occurred in George Bailey's life. And, of course, uh, he didn't realize that he had a wonderful life. And he just had to learn how to embrace it, that he did have a wonderful life all along. We, too, have a wonderful life. And I'm going to tell you, we have a lot to be thankful for, don't we? Let me try that again. We have a lot to be thankful for, don't we? That's right. We really do. All we have to do is embrace. Everybody say embrace. 
Embrace this life that God has given and placed within us. It's in our reach if we'll just use eyes of faith. And there are three things that we're going to have to do to to make sure that we have this wonderful life. And this is what I want to share with you if you want to get your notes out and follow along and underline a few things. But today I want to share with you the first point that I want to get hit home to you, and it's embrace the certainty that your plans may change, but God's plans do not. And I think that's important, don't you? You need to embrace the certainty that your plans may change but God's plans do not change. In fact, someone once said, we, we've got to pencil in our plans because we don't Larry, know what I God know what has for tomorrow. us. Let's I'm watch this video. Day. Wait for me, brother. I'll lead you. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you there, I promise. So we're going to watch this clip about George Bailey. And, and let, let's, take a, let's take a look at what we have. Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and next year and a year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. Then I'm coming back here and go to college and see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build skyscrapers a hundred stories high. I'm going to build bridges a mile long. Were you going to throw a rock? Hey, that's pretty good. What'd you wish, Mary? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? tonight can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? Dance by the light of the moon. What'd you wish when you threw that rock? Oh, no. Come on, no. tell me. If I don't, it might not come through. What is it you want, Mary? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon, Mary. I'll take it. Then what? Well, then you could swallow it. And it all dissolves, see? And the moonbeams that shoot out of your fingers and your toes and the ends of your hair. Am I talking too much? Yes! Why don't you kiss her instead of talking at her death? How's that? Why don't you kiss her instead of talking at her death? Want me to kiss her, huh? Oh, youth is wasted on the wrong people. Hey. <laughs> so there you have it. He had big plans. He had big dreams. And George Bailey, he wanted to... Uh, he actually wanted to leave Bedford Falls. And he wanted to build bridges, he wanted to design buildings, he wanted to travel the world. And if you watch the movie, and it was, it was on TV just a couple weeks ago, and he came eventually to embrace the truth that everything that he loved and needed was right there in Bedford Falls. He had a wonderful life all along. I love that because so many times we're not aware of how many people's lives we actually touch just by being there. Just by being a good neighbor, by being a good co-worker. And so he, he actually had to have this divine intervention by an angel to come and to show him just how blessed he was. Again, our plans can change, but God's plans do not change. How do we relate to this at Christmas? There's a couple in the Bible in Matthew chapter 1. Their name is Mary and Joseph. 
They had plans. They had big plans. But God had plans that were going to change their plans. And so we're going to start looking at chapter 1, verse 18. And the Bible says that Mary and Joseph were actually engaged with, to each other. And engagement in that time, it was a binding contract. It would last to a year, up to two years. The, the son would have to build, if he wanted to marry this girl, he had to build a room on, onto his father's house so that he and his new bride would have a place to live, to sleep, and to eat. And so when the father saw the son had done all the work that was necessary to have this bride to come into his son's life, it was only then that he said, okay, go get your bride. And it it could last a year up to two years. Aren't you glad that there's a father going to tell a son, I want you to go get your bride on earth. Come on, somebody. That's going to be a great day. So they're, they're pledged to each other. They are engaged. It's a binding contract. If this would go south, it would be like a divorce. And so... Here comes Mary, and she's pregnant, and she's saying it's from God. She's telling Joseph, and Joseph knows, this is not my child. I know that I'm not responsible. And so Joseph begins to make other plans. He could have had her stoned and killed. Instead, he decided to put her away quietly. And what is amazing is that uh, though his plans were to be engaged and get married... Now he's not so sure until an angel. Everyone say an angel. An angel comes and tells him that this baby is of God, that God had other plans for them, and that this baby was actually going to bring salvation to the world. And so Joseph is realizing that God was fulfilling his plan through them, and that Joseph would have to accept God's plan. And if he would... It would cause a wonderful life for you and for me this day. So our plans, that's the application. Our plans can change. And boy, don't they change. And they usually do. But God's plans, they do not change. We have dreams. We have ambitions. We have wishes. We have all these things in life that we want to have happen. And when they don't happen, sometimes... We feel bitter and we we kind of feel discouraged and down. I say we realize that from time to time our our plans that we we have can be changed because God's plans do not change for our life. Again, my plans should always be penciled in. I love Proverbs 3 and 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to what? Your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him and submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. There's another scripture that says, don't trust in your own plans. Trust in God's plan. The writer of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, it challenges us to persevere. Everyone say persevere. Yeah, keep going so that When you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. You might want to underline that, the will of God. When you have done the will of God, 
what does the Bible say? You will receive what he has promised. And in challenging times, and we have spiritual resources, we can pray to the Lord who's all-wise and all-knowing for wisdom and insight. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. We too can experience a wonderful life. How? When we embrace that truth that our plans can change, but God's plans do not. And the second thing we need to embrace is embrace the reality that difficulties in life do not have to destroy you. The difficulties in life, it doesn't have to destroy you. I want to show you a Another clip of a video because, and before we do, I want to say that this George Bailey had an Uncle Billy that made a foolish mistake. And, he, and back in this day, this would have been a lot of money. He actually lost $8,000 deposit that should have gone into the bank. And of course, there was a lot of wrongdoing that happened with that $8,000. And George begins to panic because there's no way he can get that much money and everything's riding on this $8,000. And so he even lowers himself to go to the rich banker, Mr. Potter, asking for a loan and they mock him, of course. And so he reaches a place of despair. And many of you probably can relate to this part of the movie. And he even gets to the point where he, he thinks he's better off if he had never lived and he, he, just, he really just wants to die. That's not a very Merry Christmas theme, is it? Let's take a look at this video clip. Yeah, so you still think killing yourself would make everyone feel happier, eh? Oh, I don't know. I guess you're right. I suppose it would been better if I'd never been born at all. What'd you say? I said I wish I'd never been born. Oh, you mustn't say things like that. You... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's an idea. What do you think? Yeah, I'll do it. All right. You've got your wish. You've never been bored. You don't have to make all that fuss about it. <laughs> and so George Bailey is going to experience what it would have been like if he had never been born. He got what he wished for. Be careful what you speak. Because there's power in your words. And of course, as a gift, the angel Clarence, he's, he's the one that, he says, oh, this is a great way for me to get my wings. And that's all about the, what the story's about. This angel wants to get his wings. And so he's, he's got to help George Bailey see that he actually had a, a good and wonderful life. And I want to tell you, as far as a spiritual thought, some people think that Christians never have bad days or that Christians never have dark moments. There's some people that, that think that you never get discouraged that if you're a Christian. Actually, people that think that, they really haven't read the Bible. I want to show you some people who, just like George Bailey, thought it was better if they just died. 
because they were worn out, they did not feel appreciated, and they were feeling despair. The Bible says that we should consider Job. And when you look at Job's life, he had a perfect life, didn't he? He was a perfect life in Bedford Falls, and things were great. And then the devil comes, and he's allowed to do some things to him, and he loses his wealth, his health, his family. His wife said, curse God and die. I mean, it, it looks bad. His friends are saying, Job, what did you do that God would do, punish you like this? And he begins to say in Job 3.11, Why did I not perish at birth? And die as I came from the womb. He's feeling pretty low. <laughs> and when you look at chapter 10, verse 1, he says, this is interesting, I loathe. That's pretty strong language. I loathe my very life. Job sounds a lot like George Bailey, doesn't he? I wish I had never been born. Consider Elijah. Elijah. He sat under a broom bush, bush, excuse me, and that's hard to say. And he sat down under it and he prayed. Get this. He prayed that he would die. Some of you might be able to relate to that as well. In fact, in 1 Kings 19 and 4, he says, I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. Again, this echoes our friend, Brother George Bailey. So what is the application? Sometimes life situations can be so shattering to the Christian that he will find himself or herself in a state of severe life-threatening, get this today, depression. Everyone say depression. And desperation. Depression and desperation. Did you know that in 2017, there was more than 47,000 people who took their very life. In 2017, 47,000. And the suicide rate has been going increasingly higher. And Americans are most likely to die at their own hands than somebody else. Intervention is the key. Hear me today. Intervention is the key. Here's what I want you to get. Nine out of ten persons who attempt to commit suicide and survive will never try again. And they're happy that it didn't happen. I want you to hear me today. You may be down. You may be depressed. You may feel like you're at a place of desperation. But I want you to hold on and remember that God loves you. And I want you to remember that you still have purpose in your life. And that... It is actually a wonderful life that God has given to you. You're just focusing on the wrong things. Can I get an amen? Difficulties do not have to destroy you. I always want to remind you, we've talked about this this year, about suicide. I think the, the church should talk about this since it is very popular in our culture. Suicide does not... Take away your pain. It just transfers it to someone else. 
I don't know what you go through, and I don't know the mindset of the person that actually will commit it, but I'm here to tell you it, it won't alleviate your pain because it just transfers it and gives it to someone else who has to live on without you. And it takes counseling, and it takes other, talking to other people who have been in these shoes to even adjust to life. And if you could only see through eyes of faith, if, if I could save one person in this building today from making the wrong choice, it would be a miracle for you to see today that you actually have a wonderful life. God is crazy about you. You're just at a point in your life where things look bad and, and things, and I know you get weary. We all get weary. If you want to be honest, we all get weary. We get tired. And some of you single family homes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're, you're tired and you're worn out and you feel like you don't have any hope. And is this ever going to end? And I don't have enough money for Christmas and I, I can't make the truck payment. You know what I'm saying today? These things happen, but I'm here to tell you that with God, you actually have a wonderful life with God. And what George found out and what we will find out is life would not be the same without you. You are valuable. You have so much potential and you still have purpose in your life if you're breathing. If you're not dead, you're not done. God has something for you. And of course, the last point I want to share with you. Embrace the God who causes us to live again. Embrace the God who causes us to live again. We've got to embrace the certainty that our plans may change, but God's plans do not. We've got to embrace the reality that difficulties in life, they don't have to destroy us. But this last one is the most important. Embrace the God who causes us to live again. We've got to embrace this person of Jesus Christ. The God who causes us to have life and life so great. Life eternal. I want to show you another clip. And and this, this is probably the scene where... You, you love to watch this where George realizes that he actually had a wonderful life. I believe he's on a bridge and, and he was about to make the biggest mistake of his life by jumping off the bridge and just throwing it all away in one moment. But this is what is amazing. In that moment, that one moment, God heard his prayer and then real life began. Let's watch this clip. Hurt! Hurt! Help me, Clarence. Get me back. Get me back. I don't care what happens to me. Get me back to my wife and kids. Help me, Clarence, please. Please. I want to live again. I want to live again. I want to live again. Please, God, let me live again. Hey, George! 
George! You all right? Hey, what's the matter? Now, get out of here, Bert, or I'll hit you again. Get out of here. What the Sam Hill are you yelling for, George? You... George. Bert, do you know me? Know you? <laughs> you kidding? I've been looking all over town trying to find you. I saw your car piled into that tree down there, and I thought maybe you... Hey, your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? What you... <laughs> My mouth's bleeding, Bert! My mouth's bleeding! Zuzu's pedals! Zuzu... There they are! Bert! What do you know about that? Merry Christmas! <laughs> and he goes running down the street wishing everyone a Merry Christmas, and he realizes that he has a wonderful life. We can begin to experience this wonderful life when we embrace the God who causes us to live again. I love that. I thought about the prodigal son. He had the same kind of situation. and Instead of uh, wanting to stay in Bedford Falls, he wanted to get out of Dodge. And he wanted to spend his inheritance, and he, he wanted to live a lifestyle and live in a culture that he did whatever pleased him. And he spent all his money... And the Bible says that sin is fun for a season. It, it is fun. The devil will trick you into thinking you're having the time of your life until you are broke. And where are your friends now? What I want to share with you is that this young man had big plans. He's called the prodigal son. He, he had big plans, man. He... He faced a crisis, though, that caused his life to go into crumbles. And I'm here to tell you that in the end, he realized that in my father's house, I can have a wonderful life. <laughs> There's everything I need. I don't have to sit here and eat with the pigs. But I, there's more than enough food in my father's house. And he thinks, maybe he'll let me be a servant. And he thinks... Ah, uh, maybe, I don't know. I'm just going to take a chance. And what I love about the story, and Jesus told this story for a purpose, is that while the son was a long way off, the Bible says the father could see him coming and began to rejoice. And the Bible says he gave him a robe, which God gives us one as well, doesn't he? a robe of righteousness when we come to Him. In fact, the Bible says that He gave Him some sandals to wear. What's that mean to us? Well, slaves used to go barefoot, but children wore the sandals. And the Father's making a statement, you're not going to be a slave. You can ask to be a slave, but you will always, always, always be my son. He gives Him a ring. And the ring represents authority of the name. You have, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit moving in this place. You have the authority of my name on the ring that I give you. And in Jesus' name, demons will tremble at your prayer. Mm, I feel him right now. And the Bible says they began to throw a dream team party. That's right. Begin to throw a party of the fatted calf. I'm so glad it was a cow. 
because I'm sure they ate good. <laughs> Just like we're going to eat good next Sunday night. They had brisket. Twice baked potatoes. Green bean casserole. And the best part, cherry cobbler. Ha! Thank you. And they rejoiced and they were happy because the one who thought he did not have a wonderful life came to his senses and came back to his father's house. And the father welcomed him with open arms. I want to show you the final clip today because this is probably everyone's favorite part of the movie. Let's watch. telegram. Good idea, Ernie. A toast <laughs> to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. <laughs> the God who causes you to live again. 
to experience a wonderful life. And I saw something today I wanted to share. I put it in my phone. And it says this. The whole Bible is about Jesus. Martin Luther said, Scripture is the manger in which Christ lies. As a parent goes to a cot to find their baby, so the Christian goes to the Bible to find their Jesus. Today I've shared with you Scripture that will tell you that Christ is still your Messiah. He still is your Father. And He still loves you. And you can embrace a wonderful life by embracing Him. No matter what's going on. I know sometimes days are dark. And I know sometimes life is tough. And sometimes you're just working to pull through. And it's the best you can do just to get up in the morning. Those are the times you focus on Jesus, His Word, His love for you. And realize there are many people who would love to have your life. In third world countries, they would gladly trade places with you today. So be thankful and be grateful and embrace the God that loves you. It is Christ who actually gives you this wonderful life. I want you to stand with me today and I want to pray with you. As bad as sometimes we think we have it. And as wrong as things are done to us from time to time. My brother-in-law posted this and I want to share it. He says, a man has actually two lives to live. He says, a man has two lives to live. And the second one begins when he realizes he only has one. I thought that was pretty good. A man has two lives to live, and the second one begins when he realizes he only has one. You have this one life, and God's given you this one life. What do you want to do with it? Do you want to live in bitterness and sorrow and depression for not for the plans that you had didn't work out the way you thought? I know it's easy for me to say that. I get it. But I've also had to embrace the God in my own personal disappointments and realize that's where my hope is. That's where my victory comes from. It comes from Him. And I survive because He lives in me. And I can face my tomorrows because of that. You can have the same opportunity today. How? Just embrace Him. Just accept Him. And yes, there's some things we can do to change our circumstances, and there's some things we've just got to leave it to the Lord. The old-timers used to sing a song that said, Leave it there, leave it there, take your burdens to the Lord, and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Let's pray. God, my Father, 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Help us to see today how much you actually love us. Help us to see today that it is a wonderful life when we embrace you. We can experience a wonderful life and what a mistake it would be for us to throw that one life away because you have plans and you have purpose for us. You have something for us to do. Loving our neighbors, loving our God, making a difference in our world. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, we need you. We need you, oh God. Everyone begin to embrace your Messiah right now. Say, Lord, I, I come to you right now with open arms. Your arms are open for me. God, you can forgive me of all my sin, and that's what I ask. Cleanse me. Like David said, give me a clean heart. I want to follow after you and your ways. Help me not to waste my life and throw away my life. But help me, God, to live my life every day. I'm going to make it through difficult moments. I'm going to make it through depression. I'm going to make it through oppression. I'm, I, spiritual battles are going to be fought because you have given me the ring of authority. And in the name of Jesus, I am victorious. Thank you for the sandals that I wear that proves I'm still your child. Thank you for the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I can lift up my voice to God today. Fill me, oh God, with your Holy Spirit overflowing with a baptism of the very presence of God. Just as Mary and so many others baptized the disciples baptized in a Holy Spirit being renewed rejuvenated and God with you